into the heaven. Now we sing it for the last time. Where my feet are on the rock. The lyrics are on the board. I want you to sing it with understanding and meaning. I want to go where the rivers cannot overflow me. Where my feet are on the rock. I want to stand. I want where the blazing fire. Where the Without it, Lord, we have no voice. And without it, O oh Lord, there is no substance to our faith. Without it, there is no validity to any of the words that Jesus said. Without it, O oh Lord, there is no victory. And without it, O oh Lord, we would have still been in bondage to death. We thank you for the cross. And we thank you for the tomb. And we thank you that it is empty. And we thank you that Jesus is risen. And we thank you that he is alive. Glory to Jesus. Somebody shout and say, my Savior is alive. Savior is alive. Shout and say, my Redeemer is alive. My Redeemer is alive. Shout and say, he is alive. He is alive. And say, because he's alive. Also alive.
for the gift of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And can you slap those hands together for Jesus Christ? For the gift of the cross. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> and can you thank God for the gift of the empty tomb? Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, listen, listen. What makes Christianity Christianity is this season of Easter. Without Easter, Christianity is not, Christianity is a religion, okay? Without, without Easter, Christianity is a religion. By the way, Christianity is not a religion, okay? I always say it. Why is Christianity not a religion? Because every religion is looking for God. Muslims will tell you that we are looking for God. So let us do this and do that and do that. Buddhism will tell you that we are looking for God. They say that God is somewhere. We are looking for him. Every religion is looking for God. In Christianity, we are not looking for God. Bible says that whilst we were yet sinners, he came looking for us. So Christianity is not a religion. It is an experience of life. Actually, for us to understand it, Christianity is a rerouting onto the path of life. Okay? There are certain things I can say it over and over and every time we say it, it is always new and fresh. When you are on a journey and then the GPS tells you take your next right and you don't take the next right, it, you, you, you have lost your way. So the GPS will have to reroute. Yeah. So every human being that came on earth through Adam had lost their way because now listen sometimes when we talk about the Adamic sin we don't understand now the Adam, this is what the Adamic sin means in to the layman the Adamic sin is that we somebody was supposed somebody is driving us okay and the person the driver is called Adam okay so it is not what you have done it is who is driving you that is what is all about the Adamic sin now, the Adamic sin means that all of us that all of us coming through Adam, of course, every human being proceeds from Adam and Eve. Now, and he was on the route, and the Lord said, go this route, and then he took this route. So, it is not about, oh, no, I, I, I have not sinned. Nobody is saying you have sinned. We are saying that because we are in the van that Adam is driving, we, are, we have all taken that path. You can't be in the car I'm driving and then I'm on the old Fort Parkway. We say that, where are you? You say, oh, I'm on Medical Center Parkway. You are a strange being. Please, do you understand? So the Adamic, when we talk about the Adamic sin, in case somebody asks you, they say, what is this Adamic sin that you are talking about? Explain to them that it is not by what you have done. It is by who you are coming from. Because he is the one driving us. Do you understand? That is why when Jesus came, he had to come in the last Adam. So that he will now take over the wheels. I'm doing it, baby. So you see that. So at, Charles, Adamic sin is not because I have done this. Somebody will say that, oh, I have never stolen before. I have not done this. I am a very good man. I even take care of children. I do this. That doesn't change the fact that you are in the car. It is being in the car that makes you a partaker of the Adamic sin. Amen. 
So when you get connected to Jesus, you have been transferred from the Adamic vehicle, the first Adamic vehicle to the last Adamic vehicle. That is all about, that is all about redemption. Redemption is being, is like, let me put it in this way. Redemption is like you are flying and then you get to a certain airport and they say that you are going to have a transit. At that place, when you make a stopover, it is not the same flight that you continue with. You jump onto another flight. So we, somebody said, as for me, I don't want to jump out of the flight. Then you will be there. Hallelujah. The Adamic, the, the first Adamic sin or the first Adamic nature, okay, is carrying us on a certain way. So when you say that I want to have a relationship with Jesus, Lord, I receive you as my Lord and my personal Savior. You are transited from one aircraft to another aircraft. So when you are now following Jesus, it is not, that is why it is called the free gift of grace. You, wanna, you, you, you just received it and you were transported into it. So the consequences of the first Adamic being does not reflect on you. Praise the name of Jesus. Is it not powerful? Yeah, now you understand what the Adamic sin is. So it is not about what you have done. It's about who is driving. In whose car you are. When you are not born again, you are still in the first Adamic vehicle. You can even cut your head off and give it to children as a philanthropist who has never, something that has never been done on earth before. You can do it. Once you are still in the vehicle, you are still heading the destination the driver is taking you. That is all. Praise the name of Jesus. And brothers and sisters, when we became born again, it brought us to the place of reflecting how God wanted us to be in the book of Genesis. Praise the name of Jesus. John chapter 3. Let's start from somewhere. John chapter 3. And let's read from verse number 31. He that cometh from above is above all. Somebody says above all. And he that is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. But he that cometh from heaven is above all. Hallelujah. When you are born again, you are considered somebody coming from above. Because now there has been a bypass. And there is now a connection between you and heaven again. So Christianity is just an experience of connecting us to be from the origin of heaven instead of being from the origin of the earth. Praise the name of Jesus. So if you are born again, Bible said that you are above what? Oh, come on, flow with me. You are above what? Hallelujah. Now, the theme or the topic that I'm preaching briefly about is the resurrection our evidence. The resurrection, our evidence. The resurrection is our evidence. Our evidence of what? Our evidence about everything. Hallelujah. And I'm going to explain it briefly to us. Now, understand that 
When you don't know the value of what you have, you will, number one, you will abuse it. Okay? Solomon. Number two, you will consequently lose it. And number three, somebody will take over from you. When you don't understand the value of what you have, number one, you abuse it. Do the winds of glory for me at the background. Now, number one, you abuse it. Number two, you will lose it. And number three, someone will take it from you easily. Now, so Jesus gave us a statement about the kingdom because many people do not understand the kingdom and the principles of redemption. Please, I want you to concentrate. I, I, I need, this is all about Christianity, okay? If you ask me, I'll tell you, I don't know about the future, but if you ask me, I'll tell you that this message that the Lord is giving us today is one, if not the, the most powerful I've ever preached in my life. It is one of them. Because this is what validates our, our concept of being, of being believers. Praise the name of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 13, verse number 44 to 46, look at how Jesus spoke passionately about the kingdom. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field. Which when a man has found it, he hides it and for joy thereof goes and sell all that he has and comes to buy that field. Jesus is saying that the kingdom or redemption is so powerful that it is like a man who has found a treasure in a field. And knowing the value of the treasure in the field, he will go and sell everything that he has and then come and then buy it. Jesus was telling us the package of redemption, how important it is and how valuable and precious it is. And he says that if only we can understand this package of redemption, we will sell everything that we have and we will guard our redemption. He said, you, he said it is like a, the kingdom of heaven the package of redemption is like a treasure hid in a field. That is why not everybody is redeemed. Because people, you won't see it. It is a treasure, but it is hidden in a field. And Bible said that when a man has found it, when somebody has come into contact with redemption and his eyes have been opened for the joy thereof, he goes and he sells everything. He can let everything go everything go for the sake of the redemption package. And then look at verse number 45 and 46. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man. This is a businessman seeking precious pearls, seeking precious commodity. Now, every businessman invests their excess um, liquid money into stocks or assets, okay? Probably sometimes into lands, yeah? Or into, into, into gold or into precious commodities. Not because they want to use it, but they want to store the money in valuable um, assets so that tomorrow it will appreciate. Now, of course, if you invest in land, listen, anytime you invest in land, you will never go wrong. 
This is just by the way. If the Lord has given you some money and then you are thinking, what must I invest it in? Invest it in land. If, I'm telling you, when the Lord told the Israelites that I'm taking you from Egypt, what did he promise them? Lands. Invest in lands. You will never go wrong. Praise the name of Jesus. Even gold, the, the prices can go up and down. You just buy the land. If you don't use it today, tomorrow you will not even use it. You can sell it, you'll get more. Invest in land. Praise the name of Jesus. That is by the way. Maybe it's a prophetic word for somebody. But he says that again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man. Seeking precious commodities to invest in. And then verse number 46 says that. Who when he had found one pass, one pearl of a great price. He went and he sold all that he had. And then he bought it. Now. Jesus was trying by these parables to let us understand the preciousness and the value of redemption. So that when you have redemption or when you are redeemed, you will guard it and then you will hold on to it with everything. Now listen, many believers consider themselves or call themselves believers and say that they are redeemed, but they don't know the value of what they see. Hallelujah. Now, when you are redeemed, I've already spoken in previous times that these three experiences are given to us. Number one, our sins are forgiven. Number two, we are placed in the rightful place in life so that we can reign. Alright? Romans chapter 5 verse 17. Let's read, read Romans chapter 5 verse 17. Number one, our sins are forgiven. The package of redemption, our sins are forgiven. Your past sins, your present sins, the things in future that may even come your way have been forgiven. Praise the name of Jesus. The package of redemption, when we say it is an all-round redemption, it has catered for you as long as you remain in the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. So our sins have been forgiven. It has placed us in the rightful place for us to reign. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. So the package of redemption has brought us to a place of reignship. Hallelujah. That we must reign. And then number three, the package of redemption has made us fishers of men or saviors of men. Hallelujah. That is of course in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 18 to 19. If you have been with us for the past week, we spoke about that. But it is the understanding of these deliveries, ladies and gentlemen, and the experiences of redemption. These three things that I just spoke about, when we understand that our sins have been forgiven and that Redemption has placed us in the rightful place to reign and that it has brought us to a place of reignship, a place of kingship, a place of dominance. Then ladies and gentlemen, we'll be able to keep the enemy at bay and then we'll be able to serve the interests of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus made so many statements and Jesus did so many things. Listen, the things that, Ernest, the things that Jesus said, anybody could have said see them. Listen to me very well. The things that Jesus said, anybody could have said them. 
Alright? Now, remember one day in the book of John chapter 10, Jesus was speaking and then he said that all they that came before me are thieves. Okay? Now, what makes everything that Jesus said and did, the things that Jesus did, do you know that there are other people that did the same thing or some of them? Now, for example, when Moses went to Egypt, all the things that Moses did, the Egyptian magicians also did some. Now, so there was not much difference between what Moses was doing and what the magicians were doing. Now, in the same way, the things that Jesus said, anybody could have said them. Anybody could have said those things and gone free. The difference between what Jesus said and what others would have said is evidence. Do you understand? It is evidence that validates what you are saying. When you go to the law court, it is not just about speaking. If it is about speaking, anybody can speak powerfully and then get his way. But sometimes people cannot speak, but they have evidence. And by the evidence, they are able to make their way out. They said, um, what do you have to say? He said, my Lord, everything that I have to say is in the exhibit A4C. I rest my case. They will not say anything because they have evidence. Praise the name of Jesus. Everything that Jesus said, brothers and sisters, could have been made by everybody. Without evidence or without proof, there is no validity. The evidence of everything that you say you own or every, you cannot go into a shop and then carry things and then you are going out. And then we say that, um, why are you carrying these things? You say, I like them. What makes you the owner of it or what changes ownership? Even though you may be in that shop and you may be holding it and you say it is mine. What changes the ownership is the evidence that you have paid for it, which is called the what? The receipt. When you have the receipt, nope, even though you are in the shop, the shop owner cannot say that it is for him because you have an evidence. You have a valid claim. It is not just saying that, oh, this one is mine. That one is mine. That one is mine. Where is the proof? Where is the receipt? When you prove with the receipt, ladies and gentlemen, it is yours. Now, the receipt of the claims of Jesus, the validity of all that Jesus said and did is the resurrection. Everybody that came and said whatever Jesus said or made even more claims than what Jesus made, they all died. They never resurrected again. Listen, without the, without the resurrection, Christianity is in vain. Without the resurrection, the only validity that makes our experience of Christianity different from religion is the evidence of the resurrection. And listen to me. <laughs> what makes the resurrection so powerful? What is the mystery in the resurrection? Now, before Jesus came, please listen to me very well. Before Jesus came, hmm, Satan had taken over. And when Satan took over, the greatest weapon that ever has existed on earth is the weapon of death. D-E-A-T-H. And when you read the Bible, there are two deaths that are stated in the Bible. Now, the first one 
um, is the death of the physical body. Okay, the physical body, the death of the physical body. It is, let me find, the. I, 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 I wrote the, the, the Greek word here. Now, it is apotnesko. I need you to write it because you may need it one day if somebody is asking you. Apotnesko. It is A-P-O-T-H-N-E-S-K-O. It is recorded in John chapter 11 verse 25. Now, apotnesko means, it means temporal physical separation. Okay? Apotnesko. That is physical separation. Apotnesko. A-P-O-T-H-N-E-S-K-O. Apotnesko, which is recorded in John chapter 11 and verse number 25, refers to physical separation. So, when somebody dies on earth, it is apotnesko. Okay? It is death, but it is not the other death I'm going to talk. This is a physical death. This is physical separation. The reason why sometimes when people die, people cry is because of the physical separation that for a very long time to come until the resurrection, they are not going to see them physically again. Okay? That is apotnesko. And then, the second death is called thanatos. Thanatos is T-H-A-N-A-T-O-S. And it is recorded in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 15 and then Romans chapter 5 verse 17. You just write them before I run commentary on them. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 15 and Romans chapter 5 verse 17. And that death recorded there, the Greek is thanatos. This is, that is T-H-A-N-A-T-O-S. And this is eternal separation from God. Yeah. Eternal separation from God. Now, the death weapon that Satan had, ladies and gentlemen, was Thanatos. The, <laughs> the weapon of death that Satan had before Jesus came, was Thanatos, T-H-A-N-A-T-O-S, which is eternal separation from God. Okay, now, God created man to stay in him. Okay, now listen very well. This is where it becomes very interesting. God created man to stay, reside in him. So, Bible said that in him we live and move and have our being. Now, so, if man is separated from his environment where God created him to be, then it means that man will lose strength. Watch me. Man will lose sustenance. Man will lose power. Man will lose his relevance and value in life. And the greatest weapon of the enemy, which he was looking for, was to get man to Thanatos. To be able to be separated from God perpetually. So, before Jesus came, every investment that God put in and every activity of man was to get back to God. Okay? All the sacrifices man was making, all the, uh, 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 the burnt offerings, all those things were just to get man back to God. Was to overcome Thanatos. We did everything. Nothing was working. Now, what makes the resurrection so powerful is because Jesus died 
And then when he went to the grave, he overcame Thanatos. So, listen, listen. The greatest weapon that the devil had, the greatest weapon that the devil had, Jesus went and overcame it. So, with, that is why Paul said that without the resurrection, we are in vain. Because, there, so, so Jesus overcame Thanatos and now has presented in Revelation chapter 1 and verse number 18. Look at Revelation chapter 1 verse 18. He said, I am he that was, look at that, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the key of hell and of Thanatos. So, so listen, that is why when you are in Christ, you are ordained for rulership and for reignship. Because the greatest weapon of the devil has been defeated. It has been defeated. It has been defeated. Thanatos has been defeated. It doesn't matter what the devil does. He doesn't have what it takes to separate you from God. You are so connected and jointly fitted in God through Christ, so much so that ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter what happens your way, you are still connected to the joint. Give me Hebrews chapter 2 verse 15. Listen, what I'm teaching, eh? Except the Holy, gives, the Holy Ghost gives you understanding, you won't understand it. But it is, this is, this is what makes us we. Yeah. Start from verse number 14. Hebrews chapter 2 from verse number 14. And he says that, For as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also likewise himself took part of the same. That means he became flesh and blood. That through death. Somebody say through death. That means through Thanatos. Do you know that Jesus on the cross when he was bearing our sins, he was separated eternally from the Father. That is why he said, my father, my father, why are thou forsaking me? And Bible said that all of a sudden the clouds left, the sun left, the place became dark because he was separated from the father, Thanatos. So he says that so that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, which is the ultimate power of Satan against humanity. The ultimate power of Satan against humanity is Thanatos. Remember, it is not physical separation death. It is eternal separation from If man will be able to be separated from God, you are alone. That is all. And Bible says that, look at that. And Bible says that, Bible says that, that he might destroy him. That has the power of death. That is the devil. So that, verse 15, so that he would deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So before Jesus died, we were all in subjection to the bondage of death. Separation from God. Hallelujah. We were all separated from God. So when Jesus came and then he was making all those claims that I, I, I am the way, the truth, and the life. This, that, that, that. People were like, what is this guy saying? That was why the leaders, the, the religious leaders couldn't, they couldn't believe it. They couldn't receive it. Because to overcome Thanatos, it's not just something that you must say. Now, do you know that 
Do you know that when Jesus died, eh, before Jesus resurrected, all the disciples went away. Peter said, I go a fishing. He said, are you coming? I go a fishing. Thomas said, we don't know what has become of Jesus. In fact, when you read, when you read Luke chapter 24, and then you start from verse number 25, Jesus had resurrected. He had appeared with them. He was walking with them. And then they were talking about the death of Jesus. And they were talking about how Jesus claimed that he was going to die. He will rise up the third day. And that this and that and that and that and that and that. You could see that as they were talking, they didn't really believe all that they were saying. You know? What gave them the authority and the voice that they had was when Jesus resurrected. When they saw that he had resurrected. Because you know, according to the Jewish customs, when somebody dies, okay, and then the person resurrects, it is believed that the person has gone to take certain powers and he has returned. So people that had died and resurrected, they feared them. They saw them as, you know, some spirit or some something. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, so they believed Jesus by the things that he had done. And the things and some of the things that he has said. But their confidence and then their conviction was boosted when he resurrected. Because at that time, the bondage that was keeping everybody, including the disciples and the apostles, had been overtaken. The key of death had been overtaken. Let's go into the scriptures and read a certain scripture in the book of, go with me to the book of our, our dominion scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look at verse number 12 to 22. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 12 to 22. My goodness. The greatest power that the enemy had over man was death. That is eternal separation from God. So that our sources of existence and sustainability will be broken. By the death and resurrection of Jesus, he now has the key. As we read. But look at these scriptures. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, why are some of you saying amongst you that there is no resurrection of the dead? The next verse. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. Now look at the next one. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching in vain. And your faith is also in vain. If Christ did not rise from the dead, then it means that we are still subject to the authority of the devil. The greatest weapon of the devil. We are still subjected to it. But he says that, and if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain. And your faith and my faith is in vain. Look at the next verse. Yea, and we are also found false witnesses of God. Can you imagine this man called Paul? Paul was killing all the Christians until he had an encounter with Jesus. And Jesus revealed unto him what he came to do. The moment he came to understand the package of redemption, the same person, you see, when you really understand what redemption is, like the scriptures we read from the beginning, you will sell everything. To sell everything means that you will block your mind against any word and you'll be so sold out, holding on to this thing that nothing can separate you. That is why Paul said, what can separate us? What can separate us? He was so convinced and convicted because the revelation of Jesus overcoming Thanatos was so much so that, ladies and gentlemen, when you know it, you flow in your authority. 
You flow in your authority. Look at that. Yea, we are, then we will be found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up in case he had not gotten up. If so, be that the dead rise not. Now, we are reading to 22. So 16. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ also raised. Verse 17. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain and, your, and you are yet in your sins. It means that your sins have not been forgiven. Listen. All the religious leaders that came and said that, oh, they are the Messiahs and co. They all died like Jesus died. But they couldn't overcome Thanatos. That is why they didn't come back. You didn't get that one. Listen. <laughs> they could not overcome Thanatos. Eternal separation from God. They could not overcome that weapon. But Bible said that Jesus made a public show of the devil. Now look at this. And <laughs> so there was actually a wrestling in the realms of the spirit. Jesus and the devil. And what were they wrestling on? They were wrestling over the key of Thanatos. So it is like, look at it. It is like a belt. You know a belt? In boxing. A belt in wrestling. Yeah. When they are coming, they will come. Can you give me that belt? Please, give it to me. Yes. They will be coming with their belt. Connor, come, come and hold the belt. Sometimes they will not even be carrying the belt themselves. They will have armor bearers. That will be carrying their belt. So here was Satan coming. Yes, uh-huh, I love that. And then he was showing the key of Thanatos. Follow me. And he was a champion. Satan was the champion. Now, by this Thanatos, if he hits you, boom, it means that you are eternally separated from God. So he was carrying it. He sees you. He hits you, boom. You are separated from God. And you begin panting. And he was coming. And then, Jesus died and entered into the abyss. And they met Satan. And he said, put this one aside. Go and stand here. And let's fight. He who wins takes this key. And remember, this is the greatest weapon on earth. The weapon of death. Listen, that is why even on the white throne judgment, the end result is eternal death. The maximum punishment, the maximum... You, you must understand what I'm talking about. The maximum punishment and the maximum weapon on, on earth is Thanatos. It's eternal separation from God. It's eternal separation from God. And because Adam sinned, Satan took hold of it. The key, the key, the Lord said, you will not die. The Lord didn't create man to die. <laughs> man had a key. When man sinned, Satan took the key of Thanatos. So now Jesus came and met the devil. And Babu said that there was a wrestling. And Babu says that he made a public show of him. He made a public radical. Not even show. Babu said he made a public radical of him. And when he had defeated Satan, he took over the key. He took over the key. So that they that are in Christ can reign in life. So that they that are in Christ will be overcomers. 
So that they that are in Christ can have hope. So that they that are in Christ can be at where they are supposed to be. So that it is not of him that willeth or of him that is of ability. But it is of him that is connected to the Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. Anything that the devil was using to torment you and to trouble you and to perfect you in the name of Jesus by the key of death, it is over. I said it is over. Hallelujah. Revelation 118. He said, I am he. God bless you. I am he that is alive. I am he that liveth. And I was dead. If Jesus, listen, if Jesus had not resurrected, then it means that Satan was able to finish him with Thanatos. But when Jesus resurrected, it, listen, the power which is called the power of Thanatos, death, the power of Thanatos, Jesus took it from him. That is why he was able to raise up again. That is why Jesus resurrected again. If Jesus had not resurrected, it means that Thanatos overcame him. Which is the greatest weapon on earth. Listen, listen. Keep standing. Listen, listen. Even, even in the world, when people are fighting, what is the ultimate, um, what is the ultimate result? Death. When one party dies, the war is over. Listen, don't forget this. The greatest weapon and power on earth is the weapon of death. That is why even God told man that the day you eat this fruit, you will die. Be Listen. The greatest power on earth is what? Is death. Is death. The greatest power on earth is death. Thanatos. God said, the day you sin, the day you eat this, you die. And then, number two, in Revelation, Bible says that at the end of judgment, they will all be cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death, eternal death. So the greatest weapon on earth is what? Anyone who overcomes it, is on top. You become, listen, you become a kind of first fruit. So when Jesus died, and then the Jews knew this, so when he said he will rise up again, you see, that is why Pontius Pilate was um, told that, listen, let security men go and guard the tomb so that these guys, people will not go and take him and then they will come and say that he has resurrected. Because the moment they say that he has resurrected, he has overcome Thanatos, everything is over. Everybody loses their power to him. Wow. Do you understand? Now, when Jesus made a public show of him, he took the belt. And the belt is in Revelation chapter 1 verse 18. Hallelujah. Listen. What is, the, what is the evidence that you are the super heavyweight champion of the world? It's your belt. It is not your biceps. It is not your biceps. Or your triceps. Or how, you know, built up you are. 
It is the belt. It is the belt. And who got the belt of life? And who got the keys of death? So what resurrection, you see, what resurrection has done is that resurrection is the evidence that Jesus has the key. Because if Jesus did not resurrect, then it means that Thanatos overcame him. It means the devil laid the key upon him and he couldn't come up. But when he came up, it's like he broke through. And then when he broke through, he took the key of Thanatos. So when you are in Christ, there is no eternal separation from God. When you are in Christ, you have the sustenance of God. When you are in Christ, he said that we, can you give me Romans chapter 5 and verse number 17 again? You can sit down for two minutes. When you are in Christ, don't forget this, brothers and sisters. You have the key. You have been connected. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Okay? So you see that he's talking about death. Malik, do you see that? And he says that much more day which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Why? Because he carries the key of death that was reigning before. Look at that. So two things here. It is either death. So anybody that is still in the Adamic vehicle is being controlled by Thanatos. Eternal separation. Praise the name of Jesus. And that is why when we go out, we don't tell people that when you come, the Lord will give you cars. And No. When you come, the Lord will take you out of the grip of Thanatos. Eternal damnation. Now listen, listen. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I'm going to preach a certain message on Wednesday. Very powerful. I'm going to speak about heavenly places and the mystery of iniquity. Now, <laughs> heavenly places and the mystery of iniquity. Now listen. When you are separated from God, please listen to me very well. When you are separated from God, there are certain things that will happen. Okay? Now, let me explain it in this way. When somebody jumps in a swimming pool, sir, what will happen to the person? They drown. But what is the first evidence that they have entered into the water? They become wet. They wet. Alright? Now, when somebody is out of the Lord, there are certain things that are evident that he is out of the Lord. Okay? Now listen. When we talk about sin, sin is not the things that people do. Like somebody has stolen, somebody has lied, somebody has committed immorality, somebody has killed. These are not sin. Sin is eternal separation from God. When you are separated from God, the consequences of being outside God is the things are those things that we consider as sin. Do you understand it? That is why Bible calls it the mystery of sin. And Bible says that he that is born of God cannot sin. 
Okay, I'll talk about it on Wednesday. Can, I, can you spare me to talk about it on Wednesday? Now, so let me quickly give you a few benefits of the resurrection. So we say that the resurrection is the evidence. It is the evidence that whatsoever Jesus said and whatsoever Jesus claimed, it is validated by heaven. Woman of God, get my key for a moment. Get my key for a moment. My belt for a moment. Is it not powerful? Number one. What did the resurrection do for us? I'll, I'll give you seven quick points. Number one. It brought us reconciliation. It brought us reconciliation. What is reconciliation? It means connection back to God. The first thing that resurrection power did is that it brought us back to God. So, this is God and this is man. It brought us reconciliation, okay? Now, man, the greatest weapon of the enemy was death. That means to be able to separate perpetually man from God. That was the greatest weapon of the devil. When Jesus came, so, come, come and stand here, sir. Now, watch us. So, this is Jesus. Satan had been able to separate man perpetually from God. So, when Jesus died and went to, and went there to fight the devil, when he came, man was still separated. Okay? And he had been even able to raise a veil. He had even been able to raise a veil like this. So that man could not even see God, let alone try to locate where he is. Do you understand? So this was the veil. Can, can, can somebody... No, you, you are Jesus. How can you hold the veil? Come and hold. Come and... Uh-huh. Woman of God, you are closer here. Now, stand in front of your husband. And then hold the veil like this. Can you hold it like this? Yeah, hold it like this. So this is man. Man knows that where I need to dwell is here. It's in God. Without him, we are nothing. Okay? And then Satan, by the key of Thanatos, has said that because of what you have done, I've separated you from God. And even if I'm not here, you won't see God because I've placed a veil here. <laughs> so man was doing everything. Man will go here. Can I see God? He'll fail. Come here. Can I see God? He'll fail. And then Jesus came. So when Jesus came, this is what he came to do. Jesus came and Jesus, you got to knock me off, but be careful you don't knock me. <laughs> but you do something and then I'll check out. Hallelujah. <laughs> now, so try and then, so this is Satan. And then Jesus made a public show of Satan and then overcame him. When you overcame him, now come and stand where I was. Because you are supposed to bring reconciliation. Connection of man back to God. And then you saw that there was a veil. So you got the veil and then you got it torn. Do you remember that when Jesus died, the same hour that he died, the veil in the temple got torn. So it means that the eyes, the covering on the eyes of man so that he cannot understand his placement in God. The Lord did not only remove Satan, but he also removed the veil. So that so that now, man can, God, please look at man. 
man, look at God. So that now, man can look at God and say, Abba, Father. And he say, yes, my son. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like what you did. So that now, man can even shake hands with God and say, Father. And the father will say, son, where are you? And he say, father, I'm here. He said, let's go for a walk. So that sometimes the son can be even in the restroom and can still be talking to the father. So that sometimes the son can sleep and the father will say, come on, sleep, 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 sleep. Father, stand up. And the father will, will lift him up. He said, don't worry. So right now, the authority of Satan, which was the key of death, Jesus has taken it. So now Satan has been deprived. He has been denied of his authority. Satan, now listen. Now listen. And now Satan is at the mercy of you. You didn't hear that one. Watch me. If there is any greatest migraine of the devil, it is you. Listen. That is why all the time, if there is anything the devil wants you to not know, if the devil, if there is anything the devil doesn't want you to know, darling, is your identity in Christ. If you will be able to defeat you from your identity in Christ, he is done with you. Somebody say in the name of Jesus. Jesus carries the keys. Say it. Say Jesus carried the keys of death. Therefore from today I don't have any fear, any torment, any ideologies from the pit of hell. They are all broken. In the name of Jesus. Somebody give a clap unto the Lord. So number one, take your seat for me. So number one, the Lord brought reconciliation. Reconciliation is eternal connection to God. Okay? That is the first benefit, the evidence of resurrection gave us. Reconciliation. Number two, the second evidence that resurrection, the empty tomb brought us is Redemption. The first one is what? Reconciliation. The second one is redemption. What is redemption? Redemption means that we are no longer slaves to sin. Remember the first one is to bridge the connection. The second one is to take from you the identity and the ideology that you are a slave to sin. Hallelujah. Your identity determines where you can enter and where you cannot enter. If we, girl, I'm talking about it. If we enter into your company and you have access key and I don't have... When we're going for evangelism, some of our daughters gave us their car stickers. They say, Papa, if you don't put this one, by the time you come, they have ticketed you. I said, Sister, give it to me. So that we will not be ticketed. Is it not a parking lot? It is. Is every car not permitted to park there? We are all permitted. But if you, permit, if you park there and you don't have a sticker of exemption, wow. you will come and you will see. Do you understand? You will come and you will see a ticket you have never bargained for. <laughs> so, 
after reconciling us, he took, he gave us redemption, took the identity of sin slave from us so that we are no longer sin slaves. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. <laughs> Number three. Number three. The third, the third benefit, the evidence of resurrection gave us is expiation or expiation. E-X-P-I-A-T-I-O-N. E-X-P-I-A-T-I-O-N. What is expiation? That the guilt and condemnation of sin is removed. That is expiation. It means that the guilt... You know, there are many people that cannot forgive themselves. What can let you forgive yourself is expiation. And it is the third benefit of the package of resurrection. The evidence of resurrection. Expiation. It means that our sins, the guilt of our sins and condemnation are removed. They are removed. They are removed. They are not. When you read Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 14, he said he has blotted out every handwriting. He has blotted it out. Now, in the, in the old in the old Jewish lifestyle, now, this is what they would do. When you sin, then because they didn't have writing notes, they will engrave it on a wall. Okay? They will engrave it. That is what Jesus was doing when he was writing on the ground. He was engraving their activities. Okay? Now, so it can rain and rain and rain. Once it has been engraved, it is engraved. It will still be there. Now, what? So, sometimes, when they forgive, listen to me very well, Malik. When they forgive the people their sin, then they will go and then they will chisel out the engravement. But even though the engravement has been chiseled out, the chisel effect is still there. So the memory of the, the guilt is still there. So even though you have been forgiven, you see it. I'm preaching, baby. So just like this one. You see, there was a socket here. Watch it. There was a socket here. But you see that it's been removed. But by this, you can know that you don't need to be an architect or a building technologist to know that there was something there, right? You see it and say, ah, there was something there. So, even though the sin has been forgiven, there is something there that reminds you. So, what expiation does is that it doesn't only chisel it out. It has something we call obliterate. It obliterates it. It means that it plasters it and smoothens it. And sometimes it changes the whole world. For the sake of this little effect, it changes the whole world. So, you know, <laughs> so you know, what has happened is that your sins have not just been forgiven, but they have been blotted out. They are no more in remembrance. There is no evidence that you have ever done it. No evidence. No evidence. No evidence. That is why Bible says that who shall lay anything to the elect of God? Because there is no more evidence. 
There is no more evidence. Number four. What is the fourth benefit? The fourth benefit is propitiation. P-R-O-P-I-T-I-A-T-I-O-N. Propitiation. Yeah. Propitiation, propitiation. Depends on where you school. Hallelujah. So that is why I've, I've, I've spelt it for you. Propitiation. I will go by it the American way. Now, what is propitiation? Propitiation means that somebody was angry at you. His anger has been appeased. So, I was very angry at Solomon. I said, I will show that guy something. I will show him something. And then, as I was coming, LP, come. And come and appease me, okay? Now, LP comes to me. LP, bring my coffee. Now, maybe LP knows that I love coffee. So, I am going to destroy him. And then LP meets me. Said, but I want to, I want to destroy him. Stand here. No, stand here. And try to persuade me not to do it. You have really calmed me down. You have really, really calmed me down. That is what propitiation or propitiation is. That somebody intervened and calmed the heart of another person. The evidence of the resurrection gave us propitiation or propitiation. Hallelujah. It means that the anger and the wrath of God has been appeased. That is why anytime God lifts up judgment... Then Jesus is still with the blood. He said, look at the blood. I see the blood. I see the blood. I see the blood. Hallelujah. I see the blood. I see the blood. I see the blood. It's okay. Don't get me excited. <laughs> These people, they will surprise me right now. Now, it means that the anger of God has been turned down. And it has been made favor. Number five. What did the evidence of resurrection give us? Number five. Atonement. A-T-O-N-E-M-E-N-T. Atonement. Is atonement, right? Or atonement. Okay, atonement. What is atonement? Atonement means taking our place in punishment. So we can go free. That is atonement. Taking our place in punishment. So, we were supposed to be punished. And then, Jesus came. He said, punish me and leave him. Punish me and leave Connor. Punish me and leave um, Dahlia. Punish me and then leave Darlene. Punish me and leave Baker. Punish me and leave Nikki. So, the punishment I was supposed to bear, he took it. Praise the name of Jesus. Atonement. Number six. What did the evidence generate? Victory. Somebody say victory. Total defeat of the power of Satan. Which is what? Thanatos. Total defeat of the power of Satan. And then finally, number seven. What did the evidence of resurrection give us? 
it gave us new birth. And I love the scripture that Elder Mashal read. In Romans chapter 5, from verse number 2. Look at Romans 5 and verse number 2. He said, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the, sorry, Romans chapter 6 from verse number 2. Look at Romans chapter 6 from verse number 2. God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Okay? Dead to sin means dead to Thanatos. Now, verse number 3. Look at verse number 3. Know ye not that as that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Verse 4. Look at verse 4. Verse 4 says that, Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. You have a new identity. Somebody say, I have a new identity. That is why I told you that when you are in Christ, your identity is not known. The, the, the only way the devil can know you is by the stain in your garment. That is why Bible said that let your garment always be white. Because the only way the devil can know you is by your garment. When you appear before the Lord, the blood of sprinkling. He begins to... So when you go out... You are a new, brand new identity. The devil is not able to make you out. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Anyone today here, considering yourself a believer, let the benefit of the resurrection of Christ follow you in Jesus' name. Give a clap unto the Lord. Rise up on your feet. In the blessed and mighty name of Jesus, begin to pray and say, I am redeemed. I am set free. I am blessed. Lift up your voice in the mighty name of Jesus. Kabara subrade kaban talabaya. Ibrado shantalabaya. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise. We give you glory. We honor your name, Jesus. We adore you. We love you so, my Father. Thank you for the package of redemption. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, quickly, in case you are here, you are not born again. I just want to pray with you. Can we all close our eyes? We are finishing the next two minutes. In case you are here, you are not born again. Listen, to be born again means you have, you have, you have confessed openly the Lord Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. It is only then that you are considered to be transported from the aeroplane of the first Adam into the aeroplane of the last Adam. You are here, you want to be born again, you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, you can lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. If you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. Okay, let's pray this prayer. Say, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for the power of resurrection. Our evidence of authority and reignship and reignship. In Jesus' mighty name, we declare that from today, we live in victory. Nothing will put us down. Nothing will put us down. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, bless us, keep us, empower and strengthen us. We walk in this knowledge and identity. And our lives will never be the same.
in Jesus blessed and mighty name amen give a clap unto the Lord now whilst we are standing if you have your offering ready I want you to lift it okay you can sit down for a minute please do we have the countdown on we should be on also lift up your offering your seed the name of Jesus thank you Lord Jesus the resurrection father we bless the offering and the seed we receive it this is resurrection sunday our sacrifice of appreciation for the evidence of resurrection in jesus mighty name it is blessed please drop it in quickly now if you are leaving after first service please lift up your hand and then they will give you your communion quickly and if today is your first time I will also see you quickly. In the name of Jesus. Please, give those that are living after the first service, give them their communion quickly. Yeah, God bless you. We got three people that are living after. Okay, we got one person here. Please give them their communion quickly. In the mighty and blessed name of Jesus. Father, we bless the communion. We bless the bread. We bless the drink. It was bread and drink. But Jesus blessed it and broke the bread and said, it is my body. Bless the cup and said, it is my blood. We receive it with understanding. And by the process, it is now the body and the blood of Christ in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right. God bless you. Let's rise up on our feet. Father, we bless the offering and the tithe in Jesus' mighty and blessed name. Let there be increment in Jesus' name. Amen. Please, you can take it. The Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord empower you and strengthen you, make his face shine upon you and give you peace all through the week in Jesus' blessed and mighty name. Amen. Now, the night of supernatural encounter is going to be, the Lord said, not in two weeks time, right? Two or so weeks time, April the 29th. And the Lord said, it is going to be our night of signs, wonders and miracles. Amen. I want to take this opportunity to thank each and every one of you that made it for the soul winning. It was one of the best I've so far experienced in my life. And God will honor you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay, you came for first service. Today is your first time here. Can I see you? And then just shake hands with you. No, no, I'll see you after second service. I know you came for second service. But are you staying for second service? Yeah, so let me shake hands with you. God bless you. Yeah, of course. Hallelujah. Oh no, I, I want to pray with you. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Please. Hallelujah. Please. Come on here. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, let's appreciate them. This handsome man and these beautiful ladies. Please, what's your name? Willa Palmer. Willa Palmer. Hallelujah. Invited by Papa Nikki. Amen. Dorcas Kudia. Dorcas. Invited by Nobody. Wow, hallelujah, glory to Jesus. And you are? Cowboy up. Cowboy, hallelujah. Invited by you. Invited by my very son, hallelujah. Uh, cowboy and the wife? Sarah. Sarah. Oh, hallelujah. And you are? Nathan. Nathan. Nathan invited by one of us, right? Well, do you know? Wow, hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Father, bless these wonderful men and ladies and Lord, thank you for bringing them here. We know that there's something here that you have connected to them. And we pray that their lives will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, God bless you. I'll see you right after service. Okay, let's take our seats.
Let's share the grace of God together. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. The fellowship of